Welcome to Changing Your Dreams, Parenting a Child with Special Needs, a podcast where we shine a light on the unique grief of special needs parents that few people recognize and no one really talks about. I'm your host, Laura Kitts. How do we live a beautiful life with chronic stress and grief? How do we nurture ourselves while we nurture our children? How do we make ourselves a priority when they need so much? My guests and I will discuss this chronic, ever-renewing grief, transforming your dreams, and how to take care of yourself along the way when parenting a differently abled child. This episode is sponsored by Flight Club. Join a circle of friends who understand you and your life as a special needs parent. Combine that with monthly guest experts, live self-care accountability sessions with me, and easy, actionable assignments to help you emerge from the hard work, transformed, just as the butterfly from her chrysalis, and you've got Flight Club. Elena Miller and Lindsay Grahowski are moms to 14-year-old John and 10-year-old Brayden, who has intellectual disabilities. As a stepmom, Lindsay has been in the boys' lives since Brayden was a toddler and John was in kindergarten. Elena is a family resource specialist for a therapeutic foster care agency Lindsay is a middle school counselor, and just last year, they started a small business called Say Hello Threads. Their mission is to be conversation starters and advocates. They hope that instead of teaching children not to stare, people will instead teach them to say hello when they see someone who's different than they are. Although 10-year-old Brayden is mostly nonverbal, one of his favorite things to do is say hi and bye. And as his mom's, They just want people to acknowledge him and converse with him, even if he's not able to respond past the high. So let's get to it. I have Elena and Lindsay here with me today. I want to just get started with you guys telling us, first of all, where are you in the world? Where do you guys live? We're in Virginia. We have both lived here all our lives. So yeah, so we both were born and raised in Chesterfield, but currently we live in Ashland. Nice. All right. It just helps everybody get a you know picture, especially in wintertime. I want to know if you're lucky enough to be at the beach or if you're miserable in the snow like I am. So tell us, you know, about your journey as parents. Tell us just kind of a snapshot of your parenting role. So we have two boys, John, who is 14, and Brayden, who is 10. He is special needs. He has intellectual disabilities. And so Lindsay came into our lives, what year was that? probably 2011, 2012. So the boys were both pretty young, but I wasn't there when they were born. So they're both biologically Elena's. Okay. Yes. And so you have this interesting role. It's kind of a a stepmom then too, Lindsay. So that'll be nice to hear your perspective. So how old is Brayden again? He's 10. Okay. 10. And, and he has intellectual disabilities. And can you tell us what that means? What does that look like for him? Yes. So he has, I guess our journey started with the the one diagnosis that we got first was apraxia. And that is where he, his brain pathways just don't 
meat and his speech his brain just doesn't communicate with his mouth so he is considered nonverbal. and as he got older we started realizing that there was other things that were happening we went to a developmental specialist and she had diagnosed him with intellectual disabilities so since he was two he's been diagnosed with that he is 10 but cognitively more on a two to possibly three-year-old level, just depending on different things. Like what, it depends on what it is. They, I know their skills yeah. can be kind of scattered, so it's hard to say, I get it. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so how old were they then, Lindsay, when you became a part of their lives? So we actually worked together at a preschool. So I knew both of the boys as kind of John was in kindergarten and Brayden was maybe two in the infant room or toddler room. So I kind so this of is then right around the time that he's being diagnosed. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and so we were you, so Elena, I'm sorry to interrupt Lindsay. Elena, were you divorced? Or were you a single mom before you met Lindsay? No, so I was not. So we we worked together. I was married. We separated in 2000, 2016. His father and I separated. Mm-hmm. And then Lindsay came into the picture more. And I asked because as- I just I just wanted to know on the parenting side, you know, there's so many layers, you know, with divorce and, and then maybe being a single mom and then, and then Lindsay's a stepmom. You know, there's just so many layers there of parenting is, is why I ask because, you know, we have listeners who are in all of those situations and who, you know, could benefit from hearing your story and, you know, maybe what you went through and how you've gotten to the other side of that. If you are even on the other sides, it's always a journey. I think there's always more on the other side for us to get to no matter what. Okay. So, so he's, Braden has been diagnosed and then what? So he's diagnosed and we just kind of went through life, just dived in and tried to figure out, you know, you, once you get that diagnosis, you kind of go through the denial, you know, the denial was there, especially for me, Brian, his dad, he was always the one who was kind of pushing and was like, you know, something's not right, something's not right. And I was like, oh no, you know, trust, trust the doctors, they're the professionals you know, and so we got that diagnosis. And like I said, you just dive in and you're like, Oh, let me try, you know, this diet, or let me try and these vitamins, you know, those are just some of the things that I did in the constant searching of, of what does this mean? What does this mean? And I do not advise don't do that. Don't do that. That's so hard though, because that's so real. I mean, you know, there, I've talked to other parents about this. I feel like when our kids are little and we're in that phase, because I feel like that's kind of its own beast of a phase because there's so much grief and there's so much stress and there, because there's so many unknowns at that time. And you just feel like you desperately like want to fix your child, right? You want to find the answer you want you want to be told by a doctor what's wrong with them and then how to fix it. And then you do that and then it's going to be great. Yes. Yes. I think you're from too with 
doing all the research was that intellectual disabilities is so broad that it looked different for everybody. So it didn't really provide any clear cut. What will this look like for us? Right. Yeah, that's a, a, a very broad diagnosis for sure. Just having intellectual disabilities is a huge range, a huge spectrum. I mean, like autism is a huge spectrum, but yeah. So, so what did that feel like then? I mean, you described what you did, but how did you feel at that time? It was hard. It was, it was kind of like you just, you're on pilot mode and you kind of just zone in and life just goes, just goes by. And then it's like, we would hit hit a, another bump in the road and it was like okay we need to tackle this this behavior or this milestone or this next thing there's always something new that's coming up it's there's never I felt like at the time there was never a rest period of of okay I can breathe like I can you know just be done and that's that's not the case with with Brayden yeah, I, I feel that I totally relate to that too. It does feel like it's never that you're never going to get a break. I remember at that time of my daughter's life, my daughter's 19. Now, I remember one day sitting on my front porch, talking to my mom on the phone, and just ex- saying basically that same thing to her just saying it, it just never ends. I I thought that once I got past that thing, it would be better, but then this thing came up. And so I thought when I got past this thing, it would be better, but now we're at the other thing. And, and then I just start crying and, and talking to my mom. And I'm just like, I, I don't know what to do. Like it's never, there's always something new and it's so hard. So we've talked about your ex-husband's perspective and your perspective. I'm curious how Lindsay, fit into that? Like how, you know, what kind of parenting role did you take on? You know, we have the one who's like, something's not right and we should figure it out. And then we've got Elena like, oh, I don't know. Let's just trust things. But then once you found out, you're like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do all the things I want to, you know, I got to fix my boy. And so how do you come in, Lindsay? Where, where, what do you feel about it? And how did you parent that in that role? I mean, I think by the time I was in really a parenting role as opposed to a, just a friend role, I guess Elena was less in denial. And I mean, I kind of knew, I guess, what I was getting myself into. I guess you don't really ever know, but to some extent, like I knew kind of what was going on for Braden and what was going on for the family. And we've both been in education roles our whole life. So I kind of had that and felt okay. Um, comfortable with with taking it on so I don't know I just kind of jumped in jumped in (laughs) both feet it's the only only way it works right (laughs) so I've been talking lately to other people who aren't parents of kids with special needs but who are actually grown adults now and who grew up as a sibling of a child with special needs so that's really on my mind a lot and so I keep thinking about John in your story And I just wonder, you know, what do you do for John and how do you parent John in this hard time? Because it's already, it's already a dynamic when he's older and then you have a younger child who's going to 
need more attention anyway as a baby and a toddler and whatnot. But then when you have one with such high needs, you know, how did you balance that? And how do you still balance that? Because now he's a teenager and he's reaching a whole different time of life. How do you, how do you balance life for him? So when he was younger, it was kind of just go with the flow. He's very, you know, just go with the flow. I've tried to tell and I guess explain to John Braden's diagnosis. You know, he was, he was, was it, I guess, old enough to fully understand what that meant. So it was like, okay, you know, and then once Braden hit school age and he was allowed to go to school, John was just kind of like, well, how come he's not going to be able to get on the bus with me? And I, you know, we had to explain that to him that he's going to get on a special bus that'll pick him up at our house. And he was honestly very heartbroken that he wasn't going to be able to go to school with his brother. And, you know, he wasn't going to be able to, I guess, participate, you know, in seeing him in the hallway or seeing him at lunch or, you know, helping his brother get on the bus or those things that I think that you ultimately just remember as a kid, like, oh, I remember what it felt like for me to get on the bus for the first time. And I was super scared and I can be that big brother to be able to help him get on the bus. So him, you know, he just, we kept going. We did find that we were having to break away and have special one-on-one time with John, whether that was me just taking him to the park by himself or me taking him, he's, he loves video games. So taking him to GameStop to go buy his favorite game and watching him play his game, which sometimes I had to regather myself and make sure that I was doing that instead of just saying, oh, he's, he's okay. He can manage by himself. He's, you know, he's good. I can focus on Brayden. So there are times where I remember having to like say, I'm telling myself like, hey, you're not spending enough time, you know, with John. You need to make sure that you're doing that. And we still do. We still do that. Like we still have to check in and make sure we're doing that. And, you know, as soon as we can get back into the world again, we'll take vacations with just John or things like that to have that time and those memories that are normal. That's so good for you. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that because years and years ago when, when only two out of my three kids were born. So my second one was little, my husband and I went to this conference that had a panel of one of the breakout sessions had a panel of siblings and so that we could hear their story, but they were all quite young. They were all teenagers rather than a, you know, a variety of ages from, you know, older adults and whatnot, but it was so powerful and it was such a good lesson. And what we walked away from that lesson and we, you know, got in the hall and we were like, first of all, just crying our eyes out. And then second of all, we, we said, we're going to have to make sure that we do things together as a whole family so that Taylor's not left out. We're going to have to make sure we do things together as a family without Taylor, with just our other kids so that they get to do things that we can't do with Taylor, like go to Disney world or whatever. And we're going to have to make sure we give them one-on-one time because 
they are always pushed to the side and taken second, second place and backseat. And then we're going to have to do things together as a couple because you gotta, you gotta feed each other souls too, to, to survive it. And so when you lay all those things out, it feels so exhausting to think like there aren't enough hours in the day to do all the things for all the people. And then you got people like me saying, but you have to take care of yourself. (laughs) You got to put yourself first. You have to do self-care or else you're not going to make it for any of those four categories. So how, how do you do that? How, how do you do it? What do you, what's your guys's recipe? How do you, you know, how do you manage those things? Yeah. So self-care for both of us looks a little bit different. I'll let you go first. Do you want to talk about I don't, I mean, I always say that, and this is maybe not my place to talk, but the divorce really has helped us because Elena doesn't have a lot of family. And so that's kind of our break and that's Brian's break. And we all co-parent really well together, but that's kind of how we get that time. And that's how we get that time with John and all of those things. So that's part of our recipe, I guess. Well, I mean, that's just being honest and being real because I have friends who are divorced and, and like you said, co-parenting and I will solidly admit publicly that I have been known to say, wow, I'm really jealous that you're divorced because you you get a break from your kids every other weekend to breathe. And that sounds really bad out loud, but it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, you have you have those built-in times for just yourselves. And so that is a benefit. It's a silver lining to a very hard situation. Yes. Yeah. So self-care, Lindsay enjoys reading. I have, you know, tried to pick that back up and putting my phone down because taking time going for a walk, you know, we'll have John watch Braden for 30 minutes. And that's, that's about all the time that John can handle. So we'll go and take a walk or at nighttime, we we have a book that we kind of dive into. And it's just, it's like a hundred question, uh, questions. Question a day for yeah. a year, I think. Oh, uh, Every night. Yeah, no. So we uh, fall short on that sometimes. It'll take but... us three years. That's okay. <laughs> wow. Those, the questions kind of dive deep into, I'm trying to think, if you could go on a vacation with just yourselves, like where would you go? Down to more like philosophical things, making you just think if you could invent something, what would it be and why? So, and we, you know, we're big advocates of telling people to to date your spouse. It's very important and carving out that time for every family is a little bit different. And just making sure that you're communicating with each other. So, you know, if Lindsay feels like, hey, we need to be a little bit more connected, we figure out what that can look like. We try and do a check-in every once in a while, like the beginning of the week, the end of the week, kind of check in and just say, you know, how can I support you this week? What does that need to look like? But also sometimes we just say, can you just stop talking for a minute? (laughs) Yes. I just need some peace and quiet. But either way, that's so communicative. Like you're actually yeah. really communicating. That's great. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a big, a big part in our success in our relationship. Awesome. So what would you say to 
someone who doesn't have a child with special needs, because I know that you guys are, you know, really big about, you know, advocating for Braden, advocating for more than just Braden, though, for, for everyone, for all vulnerable populations, all minority populations, and, and people who aren't at the top of the pack. So what would you say to someone who doesn't have a child with special needs, but wants to somehow support, but just doesn't know, like people just don't know what to say, they don't know what to do. So what advice would you give? Well, the, the name of our little small business is Say Hello. And we've been talking a lot lately about just that idea that don't just look away or don't, you know, teach your your kids to not stare, but maybe just say hello and see where you go with that. Cause you can learn just from, just from striking up a conversation. And we also say, don't be afraid to ask questions. And I know some people maybe would feel like some questions are invasive, but for us, we'd rather you ask questions and so that we can tell you, you know, how it is for us instead of just assuming. Yeah, definitely. A lot of times people will look at Braden and they're like, you know, something is not right. They can tell that something's not right. He's not able to communicate with them the way that they think that he should be able to just by his normal, you know, looks. So often we get, oh, is he autistic? which then follows with, oh, my best friend's sister's son is autistic. And then we go down this road of, you know, not awkwardness, but, oh, actually he's not autistic. He has intellectual disabilities. What what is that? Well, thank you for asking. Like, this is what it looks like for him. You know, it's not going to look like that for every child that you meet. And it it kind of hopefully gives them that warning of, you know, don't just assume a child has one disability or the other just because of the way maybe what you've heard in in the news or on, you know, social media. I feel like, you know, some disabilities are more talked about than others because, you know, like we said, intellectual disability is is a big umbrella of what that could look like for every child. So I guess the biggest thing that I would tell people is that, you know, like Lindsay said, strike up that conversation. I know that it's difficult. It's not easy for everyone to, I guess, be brave enough to say, hey, you know, why is your daughter in a wheelchair? Or why does, you know, why is your son not able to talk to me? Why is he touching me? You know, different things like that. And just don't be afraid to ask. And for us, I found we didn't have any friends at the time when we got diagnosed that had children with special needs like Braden's. So that was a little bit hard for us to figure out. I had to find a new friend circle almost support of, hey, you know, this, this is what, this is the path that I'm going on. And I have found my friends. I have a dear friend of mine. Her daughter was born with Down syndrome and 
our journeys are completely different, but she was so thankful that I had talked about Braden's disabilities and what that kind of felt like for us. And I've always shared his journey. And so she was very thankful. And I was one of the first people that she reached out to, to say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. I, I need you. So that was an amazing feeling to be able to be there for someone else who didn't know the special needs journey, but now does. That's a beautiful story and so important. It's so important for us to be able to have community. And I think that's what we would say to other special needs parents. I mean, I love that, you know, what you guys said to, you know, to, I call them muggles. regular regular parents who don't have a child with special needs <laughs> I call them muggles and we're we're the witches and wizards of, of parenting with all the special powers but anyway you know so to, to to backtrack on that quickly you know to say hello I love that so much you know just say hello acknowledge that they exist as a person exactly. and not looking past them because it's so hard because you know we're ingrained to not, not to stare. If, you, if your parents taught you, you know, don't stare, don't stare, don't stare. So you, so you feel like you can't look at them, but, but now we're saying, you know what, just, just treat them like a person because yep. they are. Yes. Um, so I love that. But then now we've folded the conversation into, you know, what will we say to other parents who have a kid with special needs? And that would be to find a community. Yeah. And I agree with that wholeheartedly um, because it's not always your existing friends and family and, you know, you brought up that you've lost, you know, many of your friends, you didn't really have a family support. And that is so typical. It's so common that we lose friends and family, sadly, because people just, I think it's several reasons. I think people don't know what to say and do, and they're uncomfortable. And also, and those are kind of the more understandable situations, you know, but then there's, you know, a lot of hard situations where there's um, a lot of disagreements and a lot of angst and a lot of hard relationships that turn south and go bad for a number of, of reasons because, but the bottom line is because people don't understand what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That is would you have any, anything else to you, anything else that you would say to, to other parents of kids with special needs? I would tell them that You know, when we first started this journey, I had a speech therapist who told me, she said, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, for a while, it was like, what does that mean? Like, in the beginning, it was like, okay, I I get it. Thank you for that. But now that I've gone through the journey, you know, Brayden is, you know, 10 years old now. So we've been doing this. That's that's typically my number one thing that I tell families is that just take one day at a time. Don't, don't jump ahead because even though you think you're jumping ahead by the time that you think that next thing needs to be there where you're jumping ahead, it could have changed by then. Um, That's true. I hadn't thought of that aspect of it, but that's totally true. Things change so much in this field, in this, in this realm and, you know, with school, with medical stuff and, and then your child, you never know what they're going to be doing and what their needs exactly. will be. That's so true. Yeah. But also I, I tell parents it's a marathon and not a sprint. 
to try to get them to understand how important it is to take care of themselves. Yeah. I'm not a runner. I really try to avoid it at all costs, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I have a friend who is. And so I know that you train very differently for sprints than you do for long distances. And so that's what I always try to impart to parents is that, you know, you've got to train for a marathon. You, your body has to be able to endure decades of this. And so how are you going to do it? You can't do it by go, 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 go all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is true. And, you know, we make sure that together we communicate hey, I need a break. I need a break from the noise. You know, with for Brayden, he is very much into the TV. He loves YouTube. So TV on out in the living room is on. TV in the bedroom is on. His Alexa in the kitchen. Alexa, iPad, yes. all of it yes. at the same time. And mm-hmm. so, and then it's, it comes up point where it's like so overwhelming and, and you don't realize in the moment of, you know, you're trying to have this conversation and it's like, I can't hear myself think. And it's like, you know, just the other night I was like, I need a break. Like I need a break and I'll go shut myself, lock myself in the bedroom. You know, even if it's five minutes, just to recollect my thoughts and just calm down. (laughs) When I do that, I, I always say mama is closed. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm just, I'm closed. I am sorry. I have no more bandwidth for any of you. Yeah. And, and when they started doing that, when my kids were little and they would still, you know, inevitably come knock on the door because, oh my gosh, you're missing for two seconds. Right. And so that's why we can never go to the bathroom alone. But, but I try to go shut in the, shut myself in my room and I'd get the knock and I have to holler at the door. I'm closed. I'm closed. Go away. (laughs) You have another parent. Yes. yes. <laughs> we say that a lot. Yeah. Brayden, do you know you have two moms? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So Lindsay, you mentioned earlier about your small business and you said it's called Say Hello. Say Hello Threads. Say Hello Threads. So tell me about it. So Elena found a little saying that said, what did it say? My child is nonverbal, but his mama ain't. And stuck it on a shirt and posted it online. And suddenly a bunch of people wanted it. And so we created a website and that was that. Was that. And then over time, we kind of figured out what our purpose was and what we wanted our name to be. And so that again is just kind of to reflect that we are conversation starters and that's the goal of our shirts. So hopefully when people wear them and other people see them, they'll start a conversation. And so that's kind of what we do. And mostly right now it's just shirts. So I don't know if that'll stay or if we'll branch out to other things, but at least for now, we just make shirts. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And that's how we met because I saw that post on Instagram of that shirt and I instantly, without a second, d- DM'd you and said, oh my gosh, I need that shirt. Can you make one that says her mama instead of his yeah. mama? Because I have a daughter. And you did. And you sent the mail. And I love it. And when I wore it and posted it on social media, it went viral. So many people. I mean, it just, it's beautiful. And so just again, for folks who missed the first time, it says, 
my child is nonverbal, but her mama ain't or his mama ain't. If you have a son or a daughter, they'll hook you up. It's, yeah. it's perfect. So say hello threads. So now you have a website and this was just a few months ago that you guys started this, right? Yeah. October of last year. Nice. Well, good luck with that. That's awesome. And so you have a website and is it, is what's the website name? Say hello threads.com. All right. Easy enough. Say hello threads.com. So I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and if you're on social media with, with your business, we can put that into. So thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. It's a great story. And I wish Brayden and John and you both all the best. Yes. yes thank thank you. you for having us. Yes. That's what I was going to say as well. <laughs> um, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to be able to, one, advocate for your own child, but advocating and getting you know, the knowledge out to other people. I think it's amazing. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you for being here. If you want to learn more about how to take care of yourself along your parenting journey or how you can better support those special needs parents in your life, you can follow me on social media, Lara Kitts on Facebook and at lara.kits on Instagram. And that is spelled L-A-R-A-K-I-T-T-S. I also have a blog on my website that's worth subscribing to. Check it out at larakits.com. Until next time, take care of yourself.